0: Welcome to Hot Weekly. Hello, everyone. Uh, I'm Jonathan. I'm Crystal. And this is Haunt Weekly, a weekly podcast for the haunted distraction, and entertainment community. Whether an actor, owner, or just plain aficionado, we aim to be a podcast for you. And we also aim to be a podcast for you if you happen to be a fan of our guests. Now, as we have talked repeatedly on this show, we -hmm. make it a point to find people that are smarter than us on various issues of import to the Haunt community and seek their counsel and advice on this podcast And it turns out that is not difficult to do. There's lots of those out there, which is good for us because we're 229 episodes in. We need all the help we can get. Um, But but seriously, though, we have some great guests today to talk about um, haunting with chronic conditions and what haunts can do to be more accessible to people with chronic conditions. I'm very excited about this. I know our haunt is a mishmash of people with every kind of chronic condition. So I'm interested to hear some of this feedback and ways we can improve and hopefully some of you guys are too. So I'm going to switch the scene now, the ooh-ah effect, um, and bring in our guests. Oh, um, and they aren't there now. <laughs> oh, there they are. They popped in. Yay. Uh, Derek Muhlberger and Charlisa Muleberger. Charlisa. Charlisa. Charlisa ah! <laughs> you bound to do it. Yep. Uh, son <laughs> of a... <laughs> Anyways, welcome, <laughs> smart people, to this very dumb podcast. <laughs> But yes, thank you very much for joining us, and I guess the very first question is, tell us a bit about yourselves and your haunt lives.
1: Ladies first.
2: Okay, this is, we're going into our eighth season haunting. Um, We have been haunting around Central Florida for eight years now. The last three years? Well,
1: two whole years, this will be our third season with the scary train. Uh, the Kirby Farm Scary Train out of Williston, Florida.
2: Um, we've done we've done everything from scare acting to designing to building props to creating characters. I'm also the casting manager over at Scary Train, um, and you know, help run the costuming room before the show.
0: Wow! And Derek,
1: well, um, started the same. I mean, we started together in in central florida back in 2013 uh was a big fan of haunting, you know, of attending haunts long before that. Um you know, a little kid trick or treating in the 1970s. And like she said, we've done almost everything that you can do in a haunt at least for a little bit. We've, you know, tried to recruit actors, we've tried to market haunts to guests. I mean, we've gone so far as when we're laid up in the hospital, the nurse comes in. Hey, we work for this haunt. Why don't you come check us out? I yeah. actually
2: tried to recruit a <laughs> uh, scare actor in the hospital while I was trying to pass a kidney stone. It's pretty bad,
1: yeah. but <laughs>
0: so, that well, sounds
1: like, like a problem,
2: <laughs> <laughs> right? A little obsessed,
1: little little, yeah, just a little diehard. So. Um, Two years ago, we came out to this uh, haunt in Williston. It's a fundraiser for um, a youth outreach program called the Kirby Family Farm run by Daryl Kirby. And uh, we just kind of really fell in love with the place and and what he's doing. Um, So he's kind of asked us, you know, after the first season out there, he asked us, hey, do you want to go to Transworld with us? Yeah. Yeah. You know. And we've just kind of moved up a little bit since then, and um, it just kind of writes itself year to year now.
0: Yeah, it does. Yeah, that's that's awesome, and it seems to be the story of so many hunters we talk to, you know. Right. Starting out with one thing, you wanted to dip your toe went in it here, and then the next thing you know, <laughs> <laughs> you've got your... Uh, you're fully bathed and submersed in it and kind of doing a little bit of everything you know
3: yeah i don't know anyone who's gotten into haunting that hasn't just gone a little bit obsessive with it
0: yeah and it hasn't ended up spreading their wings and doing a lot of different things it seems yes
2: yeah,
0: yeah that there, there, there seems to be a, a real problem of scope creep for haunters <laughs>
2: <laughs> absolutely love it though you know it's for me, I tell everybody the reason why I do what I do, and especially with working with young kids, um, because oftentimes when you work at volunteer haunts, you get a lot of teenage kids. And being yeah. a teacher, I'm, just, I'm used to working with teenagers. Um, but I tell them said, a lot of times you get teenagers that come to you that aren't from the best um, areas, and they're just wanting to be accepted. And when you give them the ability to control fear they become empowered and then no longer they are afraid of everybody they're they're writing their own scripts at that point and yep. i absolutely that's why i absolutely love what i do
0: yeah that that mirrors our experience here we've noticed that many if not most of our best actors are people who are scared to death of haunts or or <laughs> scared to death of things in general they come here for the empowerment they come here for that sense of the ability to conquer that and to channel it somewhere where they are the one in the control situation. And, yeah, it's an amazing thing to watch as someone, you would swear, that person's never going to stop being timid. That person's never going to (laughs) be, but you give them that iota of power, and they run, and they're really good at it.
2: Um, And it changes their lives. They become different and more positive people because they're no longer sitting
0: in fear. Exactly. And it also, and it's also a, 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 helps people, I think, reflect on what fear is and how a lot of fear is kind of pointless. I mean, is it is there a point to being scared when an actor jumps out at you in a haunt? Probably not. But are we afraid of it? Yes. <laughs> but that doesn't necessarily mean it should stop you from going. In fact, it, but yes. Um, so you have proposed the topic. I think it was Derek's idea originally. But at least he was the one that, that put it to our ears.
3: Right. And I... S- uh, I first heard you bring this up in Hunter's Hangout.
0: Yes. That's um, true, yes. The
3: comment
0: there. And I'm sure you've mentioned it elsewhere, but it's a great topic. Mm-hmm. And our tiny little haunt, which you literally have about an eighth of in the shot now, <laughs> um, um, we have, of the 12 actors or so we keep regularly, I think about eight of them have some type of chronic condition. Yes. Whether it's physical, mental, or otherwise. Mm-hmm. We have people who are, who are with autism. We have people who have photosensitivity of various types and serious vertigo issues. We have people with back pain and similar issues to that. Mm-hmm. You got my deaf ass um, yeah. somehow working in front of house. I'm not exactly sure how that one works. You weren't deaf when you started. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I probably was. We just didn't test it. Um, didn't, have, didn't have my diagnosis then. But yeah, um, so tell us uh, what... Tell us about your passion in this area and
1: your thoughts in this area. Sort of warm us up to why this is important to you. Well, it kind of started that that she and I both have a chronic illness. And since we haunt together, we we tag team pretty much everything we do. And uh, her illness has gotten more and more severe over the years. And it, it just kind of dawned on me why I reached out to you guys as well as the Haunters Hangout. It just kind of dawned on me one day, it's like, wow, I really have the sense now to keep an eye on her while we're haunting, when we're actually, you know, in a show night, and I just kind of wondered how many other people deal with that, or or might be hesitant to get into haunting because of a chronic condition.
2: Yeah. And when he talks about what's going on with me, um, I spoke to Crystal briefly earlier I have a condition called pseudotumor cerebri, also called idiopathic intracranial hypertension. Basically, my brain thinks that there is a tumor there that is growing, and I actually do not have a tumor, um, but my brain floods itself with cerebral fluid. So it's squishing my brain and causing different types of motor issues, different types of speech issues, memory issues. Um, Sometimes in the middle of the night, I'll actually have cerebral fluid come out of my nose. Um, so I've had to kind of adapt my characters and adapt what do I do around these type of issues that I have, so that the guest gets this great experience, um, but and they have no clue that I'm I'm dealing, dealing with something. With kind of thing,
0: yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's uh, that. That is that's interesting, though. I mean, yeah. and, and I can only imagine having to adapt your character. Uh, I, I play an old man character. And I know that as the aches and pains of haunt season go on, it actually gets easier to play the old man (laughs) because you just take what you're feeling. But having to adapt a character to a changing
1: situation within yourself is a very interesting thought I had not considered. Mm -hmm. Um, Like one thing that she does is is part of costume design. You'll hear a lot of actors say, "Oh, well, when I want an easy costume, they just talk about how easy it is to go to the bathroom." But it's so much more than that, mm -hmm. you know. Having pockets oh, yeah. where the guests can't see pockets so you can have, you know, a small water bottle or, or whatever it is that that person needs for their condition.
2: Like, I have to keep emergency medication and, of course, obviously, you know, like tissues and stuff like that. So I have a lot of little pouches and things. I play a witch character, and so she's got all these little pouches and gizmos. And it's easier for me to hide those things because I am a witch,
0: so... <laughs> But please do not mistake your emergency medication for your prop herbs or whatever. Right, right. <laughs> be, please be mindful of that. Yeah. That's yes. that's a mistake I would make. <laughs> you know, so
3: we're...
1: You,
0: go, ahead. go ahead.
3: You keep everything inside of your costume then. Um, have you ever thought about making displays with it so that it's within easy reach or do you need to have it physically on you
2: well i'm i'm a Q line actor um uh, yeah, our, property a, <laughs> our our <laughs> yeah. um, our property oh, is sense. a pretty big property too and yeah. so
1: we are full free roaming yeah
2: we're full free roaming so i have to keep things on me i have to also i have a staff and everybody thinks it's just because you know i'm a witch no it's a staff so that way when i fall like i have balance, balance. issues i can keep my balance
1: um but we how many, how many acres well the total property is 110 acres yeah we use about
2: 40 uh, of it yeah we use about 40 or 50 of it yeah. and
1: it, it's a long night of walking yeah <laughs> it's a long night by the yeah, time i'm time never I'm gonna go. bitch about my
0: nights as a q-line actor again i get it i get it
1: <laughs> yeah. I I um, I'm not one of the problems you know, I, I deal with spinal stenosis, and my doctor's always telling me, don't ever run. It's like, look, man, if they run, I'm chasing them.
2: Yeah, but I will say, <laughs> to as just a tip for people who are dealing with chronic illnesses, know your limitation. Like, if your doctor tells you don't run, there's a reason why you shouldn't be running. Um,
0: Eric? So,
2: <laughs> that's exactly what I heard, too.
0: <laughs> I'll, I'll inject it, therefore. <laughs> Help me out. <laughs> no, but I, I understand completely both sides but yeah uh, it, it, it's it's interesting because like with our like haunted attractions typically draw in people more from the fringe of our society for various reasons, not necessarily like criminal fringe but like, like it was a it was a place for the LGBTQ, especially in the early days before it became more acceptable. It's a place for people who maybe don't have the happiest home life, or people who don't, you know, come from the best upbringing, so to speak. But one of the things that pushes people to those margins is chronic conditions. Yeah,
3: and and we actually have a, a question that oh, kind of ties into this. Go for it. Um, Megan's asked. Uh, what would we recommend doing for someone who has anxiety
2: issues? Oh, okay. So we do actually have quite a few um, actors out. Sorry, my brain just went, nope, I'm not talking to you now. Um, (laughs) We have a few actors out uh, that do deal with anxiety. And so what I tell them and what I... What I try to do as their casting manager is make sure that they're in an area that, one, they feel comfortable with. So if you do have an actor that's dealing with anxiety, I would say make them comfortable because their anxiety is going to decrease if you're making them comfortable. Um, give them somebody that they're comfortable with in that room so that way they're not feeling alone. They're not uh, They're not going to think the worst that's in there because they have somebody else to ban- to, to Act off mm-hmm. of, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as dealing with the anxiety, and I, it, a part of this brain issue is that I do have anxiety issues from time to time. Depends on where the fluid's pushing my brain. Um, the only thing that I can say is that during those nights, do your best to immerse yourself in your character. Forget who you are. So that way you can you can focus on something else. And at least that's what helps my anxiety is just focusing on something else, allowing myself to be Serafina and not Shalisa.
0: Yeah. And I'll say this as someone with anxiety myself, I mean clinical depression and anxiety disorder all the way. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things that helps me as a Q-line actor is to quickly establish a routine but also to gamify it. Um, right. Yeah, obviously getting in character is great. I, I I have a rule that when I'm wearing the mask, when I'm wearing that outfit, yeah. no nothing, John. I don't even answer to the name Jonathan. No, people be like Jonathan, John.
1: Like, no, I'm
0: looking around the room for myself. Yeah, no, you're Bernie. I'm Bernie. You you call me Bernie, and I'll probably yeah. respond. But so a yeah, getting into the character completely agree. But also, I find it very helpful to get into a rhythm and a routine and gamify it. What can I do to mess with this group? What can I do? You know, just Gamify it. Right. Give yourself tiny little challenges, and you can fill the, you know, the four, three to five hours of the night easy with tiny little challenges like that.
3: Yeah, and I know for myself, because I deal with social anxiety, um, and I, I think I've mentioned that before on the podcast sometime, but um, I like to actually think about and, like, write out my character to where it's a well Round a person and practice, you know. Because for me, if I know what I'm, if I feel like I know what I'm doing, that I feel like I know what I'm supposed to be doing in that scene. Yeah,
0: you right.
3: know. So that that really helps me.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's difficult doing almost anything with anxiety. Yeah, <laughs> haunting is one you of know, them.
2: The biggest thing is when you've got anxiety, you've got to somehow find a comfort spot. You know. Yeah. Whatever you do that makes you feel comfortable, that's what you need to be doing. Bingo. Yeah. That's it. From
1: yeah. the perspective, from like a haunt owner or an operator, you always want to have that support system there when, as we're roaming if we kind of catch that, you know, from some of the other actors or some of the other sports staff, Hey, so-and-so looks like they're having a rough night. Then go and check on them. Yeah. Go check on them. That's a big thing too. The support system is there for, for the communication to get around to the people. A lot of the volunteers, you know, they look to her like haunt mom. So we make sure she's accessible to everybody at the haunt.
0: Absolutely. That's, that's, that is key. Yeah. Um,
3: Right. I know that we've had at least one actor who um, had an anxiety attack during show, and we just let them go inside and
2: chill out for a while and then come back when they were ready. Yes, We were able to do that that night. I I do that five senses thing when, um, even when my students are having anxiety attacks, um, I will ask them, you know, it, it's just randomized. It's whatever will pop in my head. I'll say, what are the five things that you can see right now? What are four things that you can touch? What are three things that you can smell? And go, go that way. And it seems to help um, my actors. I don't know if that's just something that would help anybody or if it's just something that I do and it helps, but it's out there.
3: Yeah, that's,
0: yeah. that sounds like a good that's technique, a good technique yeah. to know. Yeah. Um, Owners yeah. be taking note. Owners be taking note of that. Like, I know for a, one of us, like like I said, we have a lot of different types of chronic conditions in our home. We have one actor who has autism, and one of his struggles is he doesn't like being in confined spaces.
3: Right. right. But
0: he's a good right. Q-line actor. Yeah. He's never in a confined space. It's great. Yeah.
3: That was an
0: easy one to mitigate. Yeah. Um, made him a Q-line actor. That helps that he's, like, eight feet tall. And right. <laughs> like. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, I get why you don't like confined spaces, man.
2: <laughs> right. You know, you, you've got to know your actors and you've got to know what they're comfortable with. If you've, got a, if you've got a volunteer that is really ADHD and very hyperactive, there is no reason why you should be putting them in a boo-hole for them to just pop out all night. Yeah. No. You need to put them as Q-line actors and just let them have that energy.
0: Or put them in a room to play like a like a mental patient that paces the room and is constantly call, right. calling it the wall. Fun role is appropriate.
3: Yes, we have two actors with ADHD and sometimes three. Um, <laughs> our Q-line actor that you were just talking yeah, about he also has, ADHD, has, yes. has that. And also um, we have a a person with ADHD who also has back problems so they have to we have to build a scare so that they can stay either standing or sitting because the the going between the two is the problem right um but they also
0: want to be active in their spot mm-hmm. right and and that's that's been my experience: is people with chronic conditions make can make great actors. Yes, it's just absolutely. you have to like speak with them and find the roles and find the tasks that are appropriate for them, mm-hmm. and that can be difficult sometimes. I mean, it really can, especially if you don't have a haunt, don't have the freedom that we have. We get to design the haunt however the fuck <laughs> we want, whenever we want to. I can knock down that wall tomorrow if it doesn't please me, um, yeah. but. A lot of Haunts don't have that luxury, obviously, so that makes it more difficult for them. But that is, to my mind, the main thing is listen to the actors, listen to their comfort zone, and find roles that fit them. Because if you find a role that fits them, they're going to do it to the end of the degree. Right. They're going to they're take that to a level you ain't seen before.
2: The mm-hmm. In my position as casting manager, one of the things that I always like to see on a form that you're going to have a volunteer or, or an employee to fill out is what are your allergies, and what are your sensitivities? Yeah. Uh, because then that lets me as a casting manager know, okay, I'm not going to put you in a latex mask because you're allergic to latex. And it that also aches. lets you know that you're <laughs> photobic or you're epileptic and can't be around, you know, strobe Ast- lights.
0: Asthmatic. You're
2: asthmatic. I'm not going to put you in a room full of fog. Those yeah, I'll- Things that I like to see on a on a sheet, so that way I know my actors. And then I ask them a really weird question. Normally, I'll just ask them like, "What is the scariest line you've ever heard?" Because then it lets me know what kind of horror genre they are used to. Right.
0: Okay. Real fast. What was the scariest line you've ever heard? I have to ask that of you now.
2: <laughs> ah. <laughs> I can't say it's a line. It's actually like it's it's just darkness. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Derek, what's yours
2: movie moment was a, it as just a pitch black screen
0: Derek, what was your scariest line you've ever oh, heard
1: line i think one of the things that that probably got me into the macabre i was a little little kid and here in florida we had a tv show host called dr paul Bear's creature oh, feature dr paul and I watched. I watch it now. If you watch this movie now, you'd be like, "How could anybody be scared of this?" Just, Men from Mars. It was an old black and white movie, and they would shine a light on these aliens, and they would burn up except for their hand. So you had this little alien hand that would creep up on people, and these little needles would come out, and they would inject the victim, and it just freaked me out as a kid. He is still afraid of needles because of that. Movie. Yeah, I don't like needles. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's my thing. Every time we go to Netherworld, and there's the mangler with all his needles and stuff. Like, <laughs> nope, uh,
0: thanks, Booth.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: I think, for me, the creepiest line, I once had an actor tell me, I want to bite your teeth. That's okay. weird. Good one. And it's just, it was so weird, and so, he said it so angrily, you know, I want to bite your teeth. It's like, dude, that is royally fucked up. That's, like, really messed up. I don't even know where with that? Yeah. I, it's like I couldn't even get into his brain, and maybe that's just me as a haunter thinking I, I cannot understand what this guy's thinking. I am genuinely worried about his mental health, <laughs> <laughs> but but it worked. Give <laughs> no, uh, me it. Out that moment. Yeah. <laughs> like, that guy's not right, and I'm getting out of here. <laughs> so yeah, I am um, So good. I
2: played some characters where I've said some pretty crazy things to people. My uh, witch character, she is not a nice person at heckler. all. Yeah, um, she's, she's heckler. And um, last year I threatened to pop people's eyeballs out as <laughs> uh, a new character. And I took off their shoes and like ran with their shoes.
1: played football with their shoes. Yeah, we played football with yeah, their,
2: shoes. Sh- football with their yeah, shoes.
1: throwing their shoes back and forth. That was a riot.
2: So I think that's the weirdest
1: thing. <laughs> that we've done. Yeah, that is, that's <laughs> probably one of the weirder things. Yeah.
0: See, I don't get to do things like that with my character since I'm 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 the one letting people in. I have to be a degree of fun and nice. Though I do get I do love whenever people see me do because I also do the count of the people, and I'll lean in as I'm counting people as they go in, I said, "You know, we have to count them going in because we're only allowed to lose five a night, or they'll shut us down." (laughs) Yeah. Nice. 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 Got a limit of five. It's pretty strict. Uh, and people are like, you haven't even lost
1: already. I can't tell you. <laughs> uh, well, but, uh, one of the things I know um, we try to be aware of as we talk about, like, like she just mentioned, you know, if you're having auditions and people are filling out forms, there is that, that stigma that I've seen in some of our volunteers. You know, they come out, they, they, they do what they need to do to get in with the haunt, and then you start talking to them later. Oh well, I I kind of downplayed this issue that I have because they feel like you if won't. they tell you, you know, oh I've got this issue, I'm not going to get the gig.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So so we, and
2: I totally understand that I do. Yeah. Um, when we talk about me being chronically ill, like the brain issue is just the the newest of the chronically ill conditions. I've been epileptic all my life. Um, so I get that. I I understand. You don't want people to know. When I first started teaching, I didn't want anybody to know that I had epilepsy because I was scared that people scared. Would be uh-huh. thinking that I couldn't handle my job.
1: Yeah.
2: Um so
1: we're very lighthearted whenever we bring new volunteers in, you know, just to make sure they understand, hey, this isn't We've always worked for volunteer haunts. I don't know if that's a pro or a con or just that's how it is. We've never been in a... Not a pro. I'm here all week. So it, it's just been, you know, we're doing this for fun. You know, yeah. I, I know a lot of haunters say that, you know, I, I love haunting for fun, but we have met some haunters that... Oh. They we've seen it, they they get into it and then they realize, Oh, I'm here for the money and we try to distance oh, yeah. it. Yeah. I
0: have of- seen plenty of those. Don't 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 get me wrong. I've known yeah, yeah, I I've said jokingly, nobody gets into haunting for the money, but there are those that do and they usually wind up regretting it if we're being honest. Um yeah. because but it, it, it's, it's not a high paying profession. Let's <laughs> just say that. You know,
2: and the thing is that you you're getting a lot of volunteers and so for me I have noticed with just my professional life and my haunt life me being very open about my chronic illnesses and the issues that I have because of those illnesses the people that are coming in are more confident in saying hey I deal with this too what can we do to help me and as long as they know that you're willing to help them they're they're going to do whatever they need to do for you. Yeah. They they feel supported, they feel loved, they feel taken care of. Mm-hmm. So So whenever you're interviewing
3: people and looking for new actors, do you put that information out there or what would be a way that haunts could advertise that they are willing to to work with people with chronic conditions?
1: I don't think uh-huh. that we've ever specifically said it when we're when we're out recruiting, but I know at certain points we're kind of like, "Hey, we'll take anybody," because yeah, especially like, Mister Kirby, um, he will take anybody.
2: Yeah,
1: because you know, you, the you have out. to yeah with with Daryl, you would have to really really do something wrong for him to go. No, we don't need you here. And
2: I think that's the because. He is also very open with, I take everybody at who they are and what they can bring, you know, at the moment in time they come to me. Um, I think because he is that way, it's just word of mouth that it's gotten around that, yes, this haunt will accept you for everything.
1: Yeah. Now, on the on the operation side, you do have the other side of that is that... Sooner or later, you're going to get that person. that's like, oh, we got to deal with this. <laughs> you know, I'm sure you guys have either seen it or dealt with it yourself. You'll yeah. get, no matter how hard you try. You know, every position. You know, we had one years ago. Years ago. That no matter what we did, they just couldn't get it. Yeah. They just couldn't get but it. But
2: that's that's the thing. Also for. We talk about it. It was years ago. We had an actor that, no matter where I placed this actor, they just didn't perform the way they needed to perform. And now, as I have gotten more experience, I realize that it wasn't the the actor it wasn't all the actor's fault. Um, it was I wasn't seeing where that actor best fit because I was still growing in my knowledge of being a casting director. Now, as a casting director, I think. I would have a better placement for that actor so you know it's it's this kind yeah. of thing like
1: you still gotta do you gotta do right by the people but at the same you time definitely you gotta still, do right by the people yeah but you've still got a show that you've got to, yeah you know have that level of, of expectation for the guests
2: but you to know. deal with a chronic illness with an actor don't shy away from that just make sure that you are honest and as actors that are listening, you guys need to be honest with yourselves. Um, it's taken me a very long time to get very honest with myself as far as what my limitations are. Um, I, have, I have made myself uh, completely collapse at the end of a night, and I'm talking about collapse for a week, and that's not, that's not good for you. No. That's not good for your body. That's not good for your longevity of health. So be honest with what you can and can't do.
1: We had an actress one season, um, we knew she has asthma, you know, she just one night forgot to have her inhaler with her, and that was the one night she needed it. So it's like, uh, you know, whatever you can do for safeguards, if someone, you know, something simple like an inhaler, okay, make sure your costume has that pocket so you can have that inhaler with you.
3: And do you do um, checks of actors whenever they come and check in? at the beginning of the night now to make sure that they have whatever they need in case Uh, something happens?
2: Yes, if I know that they have an issue and it's an ongoing issue, then I will, when I get there, I'm like, hey, got your inhaler? Okay, cool. (laughs) Hey, you got your snacks because you're diabetic? Cool, all right. (laughs) And water is important for diabetics, too.
0: Yeah. Yes,
3: water. We also have diabetics here.
0: (laughs) Yeah, in fact, we built in one of our scares—the uh, the the man cut in half box. Yeah, we built in a water holder to it that's hidden from the customers. We built mm-hmm. it, we added on later. We didn't build it with it; so we didn't think about it, but we built it, added it on later, so that he can literally sit there and sip water as between groups. Yep. Yeah. So, that's cool. So, I want to to flip the script a little bit here um if you are someone who is interested in haunting but has a chronic condition how would and but you are worried maybe that i wouldn't be a very good haunter or maybe i wouldn't be accepted by the haunt what advice do you have for them
2: go for it anyway
1: yeah I go for it, it anyway it. yeah
2: don't don't let it stop you i mean you know your limitations so be real with yourself but don't don't let it stop you it's like um, I recently lost uh, 100 pounds, and before, I would still wear whatever I wanted to wear. I didn't care that I was 300 pounds. Whatever. It is it is what it is. It's the same thing with a chronic illness. Don't let that stop you. If you want to do this, figure it out. There are ways to get it done. If heat bothers you, in Florida, it is hot, hot. in October. Um, we. Too. We know that, like vest coolers, we have to wear vest coolers and things of that water, nature. Water, 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 water lots water, of water. Yeah. Um, so don't let the fact that you have a chronic illness stop you. It's it's going to add to your character if you learn to work with it.
1: Yeah. And don't and, worry about the haunt because that might be a way for the actor to gauge: Are you with the right haunt? Yeah. You get with a haunt and say, hey, you know, I've, I've, I've heard about what you're building. Is there a way we could work with the scare, work with the scene to fit, you know, what I've got going on? As a haunt owner, designer, or builder, don't be afraid to make those changes for those kinds of actors. Because right. you, you might have the best actor that you're turning away just because, you know, you're, you're not taking that into consideration.
2: If... if- Daryl would have turned away me because of my brain issue. I I know, and this is going to be tooting my own horn. I'm sorry, okay? But I'm good at casting. I'm good at dealing with, with volunteers and with people. That's what I do for my day job. So I know that if he would have said, no, I'm a little worried about you, his haunt would have would have suffered because I, I am good with people. So don't be afraid of the people with chronic illnesses. Just make them comfortable and do work with it. Yeah. yeah, work with it. Okay. If you are an actor with
3: a chronic illness, how would you approach the haunt to make sure that they know? Um, I mean, would you go to the audition and audition and then after they say, you know, they want to hire you, then tell them, or would you tell them, Whenever you first apply, how would you make that want to work that in?
2: I'd say during
3: During
1: during the audition or, or or whatever, you know, as we go out and try to recruit people face to face, you know, if they bring, if they were to bring it up right then and there we'd be like, Okay, Okay, all right. okay you know, let's let's talk about that for a minute. Let's So from the actor's perspective, definitely bring it up at the audition.
2: Um, We have an actor that's very claustrophobic, and he brought it up in, in, you know, Audition. I can't be in confined spaces. Cool, I'm not going to put you in a confined space. Let me mark your chart right now so I know I'm not going to put you in a confined space. And we have, you know, three other mazes, so we'll just look at a place in one of the mazes that we can put you in.
0: Okay. So, yeah, I mean, basically it seems like to start the summary at least. This is a matter of haunts being willing to be accommodating, but also people with chronic conditions being open and honest about those conditions. Both of have to happen for this to work. Mm -hmm.
1: That's the best way for it to go forward, yeah.
0: Yeah, and I think that's one of the, I've seen that change a lot just in my lifetime, in my adult life even, where people are more comfortable talking about their chronic conditions. Right. I mean, and like, I've seen more talk about mental health in the last five years than I think in the previous, you know, 35 combined. Like yeah. People I, discussing their various mental health issues, and that's a good thing. People are talking about... Huge. huge. Yeah. Huge. Yeah,
3: I think some of the stigma I think around it... And that's it, it erodes
0: that stigma. Mm-hmm. Even the jokes about it, like when you joke about your anxiety or your depression or whatever, you're reducing that stigma, and it's the stigma that's super harmful. Right, right. It's a stigma that it hurts, and it's the stigma that also causes haunts not to want to work with you, even if a very simple accommodation would mean they get a great actor, right? Right, or a great anything. <laughs> you we know?
2: we have some amazing actors, and they have really high energy, and you would have no clue that just an hour before they're they're getting sick to their stomach because they have some type of digestive issue. You know, you don't know that about them, but they're working their butts off for you because they're make, you've made them feel comfortable. You've made them feel wanted, and you made them feel cared.
0: Right. And, you know, I, I'll say this personally. Anxiety, digestive issues, everything that I have is made much easier with a lack of stress. You take away stress. You take away that pressure. You take away that overbearingness. Mm-hmm. A lot of that stuff just yeah. magically disappears, or at least, you know, <laughs> severely mitigated. Right. So that's one of the things to do is to create as unstressful an environment as you can. And that means not only just the way you approach people, but maybe the way you set up schedules. Is the schedule stressful? Is getting right. everyone there at 6 for a 6.30 opening, causing everyone to go crazy in the back? And mm-hmm. everyone's like fucking having GERD attacks and stuff because they can't get everything done? <laughs> yeah. Maybe push the call time back half an hour, you know? Yeah. Kevin, we tried decided- it earlier.
2: We try to bring in um, people that I know, one, are wanting to get there early just because they can and they want to help out, so we do a lot of staggered uh, call times, um, but I have noticed that if, I, if, if I'm not full of energy, they're not going to be full of energy, so even with your non-chronically ill cast members, make sure that you're really super positive with them, but as chronically ill people, we definitely need that super energy. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and I, I guess that's the other thing is like a lot of the things we're discussing are good even for people without chronic illness.
2: Right. Be a
0: bee, create a positive environment. Jeez, that sounds like it might be nice for all actors actually. Yeah. Right? You know? <laughs> yeah. That just sounds like a good place to work in a haunt. Right. Be, yeah. be high energy when they arrive. Set reasonable schedules. Have, you know, scares and roles that are physically accommodating and reasonable for a person to do. This just sounds like logic. But th- that kind of goes against a, w- a lot of what we're taught about being a haunters. haunters, we're mentally, we're told, we're supposed to be the ones crammed in a box for hours at a time, ready to pop out and yell, boo, whenever the time is right. We're, we're told these things, and a lot of haunts still buy into that and set up their haunts that way. And, yeah, they, compl- they, they make it bad for actors without conditions, mm-hmm. but they make it impossible for actors with.
3: Yes. Yeah. It always amazes me how many actors I've talked to and how many scenes I've been in. And I'm like, how is that actor comfortable in that position? Comfort. There was no thought in the actor's comfort or their ability to get out of a scene if they need to quickly or or anything. And it, it just always amazes me when I'm going through
0: haunts. Well, I remember one haunt we went through, and I won't name names. We saw a character that was in a cage. Yep, that's
3: exactly yeah. who I was thinking of.
0: And we went through it, and we went, how the fuck does she get out if there's a fire or something? Or if she needs to stretch her back. And she's all hunched down and stuff. How does she get out? So we, we, we later spoke to the owners of it. Mm-hmm. And we're like, well, how does that actor get out if they need a break? How do they know? Oh, they have to do this long, complicated process. Yeah. You didn't just put the cage on the hinge? Right. You didn't, <laughs> hey, you're making it hard yourself and B what
3: yeah I, mean, and you know, I, I think
0: that seems
1: for a lot of, of haunts as they design and get ready to build they're not specifically thinking oh I'm gonna have this person with this type of chronic illness in this scene right but you know going forward maybe that's something for haunters to start thinking about yeah. is the possibility that hey I might have someone with this condition <laughs> and try to keep that in mind as you design yeah.
0: I might have someone with light sensitivity. I might have someone that had a bad back. I might have any other yeah. I mean, honestly, if you make your scares and your positions as comfortable as they can be for anyone, mm-hmm. they're yeah. going to be about as accommodating as they can be for someone with chronic conditions.
3: Right.
0: So, and I think that's part of the mentality we need to change is making the entirety of the haunt, you know, for the actors comfortable and manageable, Rather than just, oh, this is cool. This will be a really good scare if they're crammed in that tiny little box and well, rattle you that cake.
2: Here's a perfect example. We have a, a young actress. Um, I love her to death. The first year, she was tearing down her walls, like legitimately taking her hands and putting them through walls. And I, I was like, girl, I love the energy. All right. But you're gonna hurt your wrist, okay? <laughs> Let's give. And also, a walls a plate are not cheap, okay? <laughs> yeah. And you know, once we gave her that that plate to be able to hit on, and she wasn't gonna hurt her hand, she was still able to do that 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 action that she wanted without hurting herself. And I think that's what we need as designers to remember: is that these
1: redirect them, yeah, to how redirect they need
2: to them, be but use that energy that they want to use. She yeah. wanted to hit the wall. Okay, let's give you a bang plate. Now you can hit the wall, okay? Yeah. yeah.
1: One of the mazes is uh, a bunch of old trailer parks. We have a legitimate trailer park of terror.
2: They're and, all trailers. And,
1: you know, we're like, how long is this trailer going to last? What she was tearing that? down the walls.
2: <laughs> yep. Yeah.
0: You know, and we had a similar thing years ago with an actor who I swore was never going to be that scary or intimidating. We built a cage for him. Mm-hmm. And we built this cage really well. We built this cage very strongly with the idea that an actor much larger than this be pulling on it. He completely destroyed it in one night.
1: Yeah.
0: And it's like, oh, we've got to figure out how to make <laughs> this cage yeah. not a death trap for our actor.
3: Yeah, we we tend to get actors who are stronger than than they appear. He
0: weighed like 95 goddamn pounds. How the fuck did he have the physics (laughs) to do that?
1: We've got a a younger kid. We have an old um, school bus. So we put this young kid and uh, I was talking to him one night and he said, well, there's just a way I can make some more noise. So I made him a slider glove, you know, with metal fingertips here you go, the next thing I know, it almost looks like there's holes through the side of the school bus. It's like, oh, like He no. was
2: taking just like, there are oh. huge dents in the side of the school, school bus, and we're like, how did, how, what? I don't understand.
3: Well, I guess
1: the glove worked, you know, so. Yeah. You Those know, weren't
2: there
3: yesterday, right?
0: Here yeah. with our haunt, we give out an award for the most destructive actor in the course of their duties.
1: Daryl, if you're watching this, that's what we need. No, we don't. <laughs> exactly.
3: Thank you.
0: <laughs> no, and what they what they win their trophy is the property they destroyed. Whatever. Uh, last year's winner, last time we were opens winner, was someone who destroyed a uh, de- a table, an operating table we had made out of wood, and we we made it sturdy, but we'd made it out of particle board, which I didn't. Well, know, just the top, just the top, not the not the support. Yeah. And he had a, just a rubber knife, but he hacked his way through that wood. Over the course of a couple of nights.
3: Yeah, well, in three hours. Three, in three hours no, It didn't Three night.
0: hours, yeah, that's right.
3: Yeah.
0: And so we had to rebuild it completely with two-by-fours. We're like, okay, if you chop through this with a rubber knife, I'll pay you 100 bucks. You, <laughs> no. Oh.
3: Uh, but um, earlier when we were chatting, you mentioned actually a serious thing going back to uh, actors knowing their limits. Right. Um, you had a story that I wanted to hear more about.
2: Oh. Um, it was our last night of the season. We actually ended up leaving early that night. But one of our our young uh, scare actors has a heart condition. And I I don't know. I can't say for certain whether she pushed herself too much. But... It's it's one of those things that she ended up leaving um, and having to go to the hospital that night. That worries me um, as a casting manager and understanding myself being chronically ill. Where are my limits, and am I going to push myself that far? Um, don't push yourself that far. I I said can't guarantee that that's what happened to her but I do know that it was a long season.
1: Yeah. And, and we, we drive two hours from where we live to the haunt. So the last night, last season was a Sunday, and we both were like, oh, we got day jobs Monday. So that last night, of course, it's the last night, we, we help opened the show, and then it's like, all right, we're out. And, of course, the night we're not there yeah. it's, it's the night that happened.
2: So and what yeah. I, my, my worry is, though, that, you know, We've all got to manage our own limitations. we all got to understand where our limitations are, and that's a scary experience for everybody on cast, and it's scary experience for especially the person going through it. Um, scary experience for the
1: parents that went through it. Well, yeah, especially with kids. You know, kids aren't as... I'm not bashing kids, but they don't think about those things like us older people do. Right. <laughs> so, uh, so, we, we think about that stuff all the time
0: every time we take our morning prescriptions. <laughs> <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I we work with young kids, and we work with teenagers, and the just the being of a teenager, they're not going to stop. They're not going to tell you no. <laughs> they're indestructible. Yeah. So if you're a young chronically ill actor, I'm going to beg you as a casting manager, please know your limitations. Yeah. It's a it's a terrifying thing for you, it's a terrifying thing for everybody around you.
0: So, yeah, we're we're just about out of time. This has been a great conversation though. Yes. Um I guess to wrap up what I'm hearing is um for Hans Make your spots as accommodating as possible, and be prepared to make further accommodations if you have someone with a chronic illness. Right. Um, but obviously making your spots comfortable and accessible is just a good place to start. Right. Um, and if you are someone with a chronic illness, go for it. Become a haunter. Try out for that haunt. Do that. Mm-hmm. But um, understand that if a haunt's not acceptable, accepting of you or won't make the concessions you need that's not the haunt for you, go elsewhere and I see the world's lowest motorcycles going by right as I'm trying to wrap up. That's lovely. That's, that's great. That's fine. That's fine. And fuck you too out there. Um, the, the hazards of garage recording, um, but anyway, But yes. It, it, but also, if you are a chronically ill person, be honest. Be straightforward about your condition. Be open with the haunt and know your limits. Yes. 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 I think that summarizes things nicely. I I feel very good. As someone with chronic conditions, I feel actually very good to this.
3: Right. And if anyone um, listening to this wants to add things that they put in, um, that they do for their actors yes. with conditions, please let us know. We're always looking for new ideas.
0: Yes, yeah, so you can you so. message us at HauntWeekly.com. We have a neat little contact form. We're Haunt Weekly on Facebook and Haunt Weekly on Twitter. And YouTube.com slash Haunt is our YouTube channel. This video, along with all the others, will be uploaded there um so yeah feel free to uh hit us up at any of those fine locations and tell us what you do i'd be interested in that because yeah this is this is a challenge that all haunts face i think even if they don't realize it right a lot of haunts are like no no i can hear some people already no we don't have anything like that no yeah you do yeah you do do. Yeah. You do. <laughs> you certainly did do. <laughs> you may not know it. <laughs> you may not care, but you do have it.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well and I mean, whenever you propose this, I got to thinking about it and thinking about our cast and the concessions that we make to make sure that they're, you know, comfortable and it's something that we just have always done.
0: Yeah, we never put we, two thoughts into it.
3: Yeah, we ne- we never thought about, you know, well no, that I can't act because they've got all of this stuff that no, it's 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 on us to be able to provide them yeah. with a comfortable environment.
0: I agree, and I think we've done reasonably well overall. I mean, I think we've mm-hmm. done about as well as a home haunt especially can do.
3: Yeah. Well,
0: on that note, everyone, thank you very much for joining us. I don't think I need to repeat all the places you can find us. No, we just did I that. just did that, so that seems silly. I want to give a thanks again to Derek and Shalisa Muehlberger. Ha-ha. <laughs> yes. You <laughs> know to get it right. Uh, please uh, tell them, since we, they already know where they can find us, Tell the nice people out there where they can find you.
1: Uh, well, uh, I guess. Scary Train? <laughs> www.scarytrain.com. Scary Train.com, all right. You know, and the Facebook page is just all under the Kirby Family Farm. So all the fundraisers, all the activities, everything involving the, the youth outreach program, it's all under Kirby Family Farm on Facebook.
2: And after this whole thing is over with, if you are in North Florida, Central Florida, and you get around to Kirby Farms check for any of their fundraisers, definitely check them out. They do a Wild West show, they do a Christmas train, and a haunted attraction. So, yep.
0: looks like a lot of fun to me. It does. On that note, everyone, I'm Jonathan.
2: I'm, I'm Crystal.
3: And this
0: was Haunt Weekly episode two two nine. What episode was it? Sure, sure. We'll say two. <laughs> It's on the page. You're the one with the page open. Okay, it's not on the page. No, it's not. It's episode number insert number here. It's not gonna
3: happen. We're gonna see you guys
0: next time.